the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're here with Gene and Randall, and in a moment we'll be joined by Stephen Bassett. And we have a lot to talk to him about. But first, last week we had a really, really interesting episode where Nick Redfern talked about his book, Flying Saucers in the Kremlin, about Russian involvement interference in the UFO field. And of course, I mentioned, and Nick did too, about the Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. And then somebody on Facebook said, isn't that the Russian hoax? I guess, yeah, the Russians, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's a mysterious country in a lot of ways. But, you know, what I really loved about Nick Redfern's interview, and he does this every time, is he brings us something that's really interesting with a slightly different perspective on it. And so his perspective wasn't just that, you know, say the Russians know all about ETs or that they have a crash saucer themselves or whatever, but it was all about how they were using the UFO cultural phenomena to manipulate culture in North America. You know, they've been doing this for a long time, so it's not surprising that they'd want to get into influencing elections in any way that they could. And Nick's point was that, well, you know, why not use this too? It's a huge cultural phenomenon aside from the reality of the actual situation. Well, we do know that the authorities were looking at the contactees in the 50s, according to the documents that Nick had retrieved through the Freedom of Information Act. Now, I wanted to bring in Stephen Bassett on this because obviously he's been following the possibility of disclosure by the government for a number of years. Stephen, have you heard anything about any possible Russian involvement? Well, to be sure... The Soviet Union was investigating the ET phenomena from the beginning, and I think they were quite aggressive in that. We don't know if they have a crashed vehicle, which obviously would be significant in their research. I would guess that they do. And they were ahead of us in remote viewing and psychic research, which actually prompted us to get into that area, which we did. So, so that's all there. So they're involved. Now, whether or not they're interfering with our efforts to engage the issue, either civilian or government. I have not seen uh, anything to that effect. I haven't read Nick's book, though, to be fair. And I would be disinclined to think that's happening. And the reason is, is that for them to to manipulate this issue in in some way, knowing full well that it could, the media could pick up on it, which it did, obviously, in the political uh, manipulations that they underwent. It would it would would be, be a bit of an exposure for the, the, the Kremlin, meaning that it might bring the issue to the forefront. They're not inclined for that to happen now. They're not ready to be in the forefront of this issue. They really speak to it. I'm going to go. I don't I don't think so, but I can't say. Now, the thing I wonder about here is, is it possible that the major powers with whatever information they have about UFOs are going to try to one-up one another. You'd think that would be natural, right? This is one of the significant concerns, exopolitical concerns that that I have, and I think the disclosure movement should have, is that absent proper information and un- under the truth embargo, we really don't know a lot. And one of the things we don't know is, is there a uh, extraterrestrial technology weapons race? In other words, are a number of countries who have had access to ET technology one way or another 
doing their best to figure out how to weaponize it. And are we in kind of a race about that, which would be very bad. And the public should know about that. Is there a competition to engage formally the extraterrestrials, meaning trying to get an edge on other countries by their relationship to ETs? Don't know. All, all hidden behind the truth embargo. So these are certainly concerns, but I've not seen evidence confirming that uh, in either case. Well, the thing, so, of course, I wonder about here, Stephen, is yeah. if we were to somehow be able to reverse engineer anything, and there have been stories about that, mm-hmm. we'd be so far ahead of any other country, we could quietly, through diplomatic channels, say, cut it out. The, the mm-hmm. other point, which is maybe gets to a further discussion, is say we have an advanced extraterrestrial race. There are hundreds of years ahead of us, thousands of years ahead of us. It would be like going back to biblical times and handing somebody an iPhone. Could we really figure it out? I think one of the problems that uh, the general public has and some journalists is one, several problems. One is overestimating the capabilities of the ETs and underestimating the capability of humans. For people that don't have some general knowledge about the the edges of our technology and physics it's easy to go well we don't know that much that's not true we know enormous amount and i'm I, i'm fully confident that we've re-engineered anti-gravitic propulsion and stuck it in some sort of vehicle not saucer type of vehicles because i don't think we have the ability to manufacture those but a vehicle that uses anti-gravitic we've got that whether they've re-engineered any kind of energy system that were in, in, in that in those in the craft that we've gotten it's not less clear and yeah if we if we did uh, re-engineer anti-gravitic uh, propulsion and, and we've been using it in craft we could technically if we had that advantage use that to quote blackmail or intimidate other countries um, but let's not forget that one thing we know we have is substantial cachet of nuclear weapons, more than enough to destroy essentially human civilization and send it back a thousand years. And so, again, under the truth embargo, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what the policies are. We don't even know if anything involving ET technology is even got uh, a connection to the executive, uh, uh, the president or the White House. We just don't know these things. And this is not the way to run a country. Well, we can get into a lot of political ramifications there. And I'm trying to avoid the obvious partisan politics here about what a president might know. But I want to ask a general question here, which is. Obviously, military and the secret agencies, they have people, bureaucrats who work there decades in and out. A president is temporary. Would any president, possibly after Truman, Would any president after Truman even have the need to know? Would they even want to tell a politician who could disclose it for political reasons? The simple answer to that, uh, if if one is of the mind that we are a constitutional republic, which we are, and one believes that we're also a nation of laws, which we are, then every president has not only had a right to know, but a need to know and a constitutional mandate to know it's not optional. And so every departure from that was a constitutional crisis and different presidents have gotten different information as this issue has evolved over 72 years. 
And that's very complicated history. Grant Cameron's written about it. There's another gentleman whose name I, I need to pull up that had written a book about the relationship between this phenomena and presidents. Uh, and it's complicated and it's messy and it's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, so it, when you go there, you're getting into some of the fundamental dysfunction that is developed within the United States in the way it conducts its affairs, both domestically and foreign, due to the pressures of two very significant things, the nuclear threat and the extraterrestrial presence, which by their very nature empowered the military intelligence industrial uh, complex uh, into a degree well and above its appropriate role in place in the constitutional republic founded 270 some years ago. We have Stephen Bassett, and I'm going to want to ask him in the next segment, to go through the history of possible interactions with the presence of E.T. Kraft, what they might know, what might be going on. Just want to mention here that Stephen will be one of the speakers at the Alien Expo that's in Knoxville, Tennessee, set for August 17th and 18th of this year. So, you know, if you're in the area or traveling to Tennessee, or if you're going to Nashville and you want to make a, a side trip to Knoxville, this is the way to do it. Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group, of course, a strong advocate for disclosure. And there's a lot of things we can talk about there. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're back with Stephen Bassett. Now, before we go on and talk about the history here, you know, I just looked up on our archive, and we have all the shows online, Stephen. The last time you were on was March 1st, 2009, to a co-host to go. It's been a long time. So what have you been doing for the past 10 years? Well, I took a sabbatical to a Caribbean island for about nine years and relaxed, drank Mai Tais, and did computer games. No, (laughs) uh, I uh, got 2009. Okay, well, the last X conference was 2010. And then one thing I've been doing is constant interviews on radio, internet radio, and also television. I'm way over 1,200 now, so I've always been doing that. And I completed the X Conference series, which was six. Uh, and then st- started ramping up toward uh, other projects, one of which was the petition project uh, of the Obama White House, uh, multiple petitions sent in under We the People, which actually got a, a formal response from the White House. That was back in 2011. Uh, and then money turned up. Uh, one of those things that just happened, enough money turned up to hold the citizen hearing on disclosure. So that was a major development in 2013. And then that was uh, all designed to then be followed up by the political initiative engaging the 2016 election. 
which got launched. I got, got to Washington in November 2014. Two years there, a lot went on. I mean, it was very busy and generated significant developments, all designed to get the issue resolved either under Obama or under a Clinton presidency. And then, of course, that 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 option went away with the election. Since then, it's been a much more complicated path for PRG. Uh, I did get overseas for a while. I did give an interview in Moscow on the subject. No one had ever done that before, uh, talking about Putin and exopolitics and the potential for Putin to be the disclosure head of state, uh, which did not get much press. And I didn't push it too hard. I did put out press release. It's up on my website. I may bring it back to bear. Uh, then came back to, and for the rest, a good deal of the last two years, I have been very much focused on the new guys in town. And that is the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, which is, in my view, the most important development in the history of the disclosure movement. And at this point is leading the disclosure movement. So that has gotten a great deal of my attention. I'm not part of it. I do not have formal contact with them, but I am following them very closely. I have a huge amount of material on my website about the TTS, AAS and its activities. And believe that they are the point of the spear, which which I thought I would never say. I, I, I in my entire career, I never thought I would say one day that the disclosure movement was at that time being led by essentially a proxy group for the military intelligence complex. Didn't see that coming, but that's exactly what's happened. You're saying then the To the Stars Academy is mm-hmm. the proxy group? That's right. How so? Straightforward. Without getting into elaborately into the history, there's a lot of history here, but essentially a group of people within the military intelligence complex, probably focused primarily in DOD, though I think also CIA, made a decision that uh, some sort of proactive measure was required in order to address the circumstances that they were seeing at the time. And this was early 2015. And this started a a project, a developmental project that was being put together all through 2015, maybe even early 2016. And this project was, in fact, to create a a public entity populated by former employees of major agencies, intelligence committees, and so forth including the CIA, including Skunk Works, Lockheed Martin, uh, and, of course, the DOD, people with long careers, uh, high security clearances, NDAs, and so forth. But they were not formally with the government anymore, so they're technically they're, they're civilians. Um, and this group was going to formalize, it was going to raise money, it was going to, to research, it was going to bring information to the public from out of the government, which is exactly what they did. And I'm quite certain there's no way that this group would exist unless the support group behind them, which we don't know who they are within the Pentagon and other parts of the MIC, are allowing it or providing the space for them to do this. I'm pretty sure they have enemies and those inside that are opposed to what they're doing, but whatever, they have enough support to do it. And so... And then when they release information, uh, particularly information that was classified, such as the gun camera footage, this was declassified specifically for them to bring it out. So uh, while they don't say this and they don't talk like this, any reasonable assessment of what's going on is that they are standing in 
for a substantial group within the military intelligence complex who cannot be public and are under strict non-disclosures and other, other restraints to represent the MIC's interest in the disclosure process. We've always known there were people inside government at all levels that favored the truth coming out. They simply did not have enough influence to call the shot. And by the way, calling the shot simply means participating and supporting a president who will call the shot because the, the MIC cannot be the formal disclosure entity. It has to be the president of the United States. So that's my view of it at this point. I wanted to go over with you, kind of trace the disclosure movement before we zoom on back to the to the Stars Academy. Now, I guess you would agree with me that the strongest efforts early on for disclosure came from Major Donald Kehoe, because he said outright in his book that there was a silence group within the government that knew the secret, and he was striving with his military buddies to bring the truth out. And obviously, it didn't go over so well. He got finally with NICAP. Those congressional hearings led to the Condon report and then kaput. What don't I know? You know a lot. Uh, the fact is, is that the effort to get the government to do the right thing goes all the way back to 1947. I am sure there were people opposed to the decision to change the Roswell press conference release. but. There were some powerful reasons why that had to happen. They were going to change that story. But from the very beginning, there were people in government that would have, would have, if given the power to do so, given the people the truth as early as 1947. And that has never changed. And so there have been two processes simultaneously going on in terms of the what I call the civilian research activist movement. Efforts by people outside and in government to get the government to to actually bring the truth out, to end what we now call the truth embargo. It's not a cover-up, it's an embargo. And I, I take credit for that, that, that language change. And the other was to gather information, to gather evidence, to do science. Now, uh, and this was also uh, in the citizen science research effort. Uh, and, there, there is, and this whole history is populated by heroes and truth-tellers and great people who have not been acknowledged and will never will not be acknowledged until after disclosure. And after disclosure, I think that will happen. We're going sure. to do a break here because the powers in space that dictate the radio spots, that's a bad segue. Stephen Bassett, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with John Hunt. The heat wave gripping a large portion of the country has killed at least three people now and forced the evacuation of about 250 residents from a retirement home and also has sparked the cancellation of numerous public events. More than 126 million are under excessive heat warnings and another 31 million are under heat advisory, according to the National Weather Service. Funeral arrangements are set for a retired Supreme Court justice. USA's Wendy King has the details. The body of former Justice John Paul Stevens will lie in repose at the Supreme Court on Monday. Members of the public can pay their respects from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. following a private ceremony in the court's Great Hall. Stevens died earlier this week at age 99. He'll be buried in a private service at Arlington National Cemetery, the 13th justice to be buried there. I'm Wendy King. This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Allen Ruth, the capitalist evangelist. I'm here to introduce you to a special company with the potential to be one of the great all-American stories. Fortum Resources is a publicly traded, diversified, natural resource company with oil, gas, and mining properties in North America and internationally. Fortum is led by Chairman Mark Bruner, the legendary oil man who built Ultra Petroleum from a 15-cent stock to $200 per share, creating $15 billion in shareholder profits. Mark has 30 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, overseeing contracts with Halliburton, ExxonMobil, and Hess. Fordham has over 350,000 acres of oil and gas resources, and more than half the acreage has been evaluated by world-renowned auditors Deloitte Touche. Fordham also owns the rights to the 180-square-mile City of Gold mining property. Fordham is traded on two global exchanges, U.S. ticker symbol FTMR. Repeat, FTMR. This is a rare ground floor opportunity to capitalize on a proven energy industry legend. Please visit FordhamResources.com. That's Fordham, F-O-R-T-E-M, Resources.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We are catching up with a gentleman that we've debated with in the past, Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group. He's being a good sport and coming on again. And we're asking him to 
kind of recap what's been going on about the history of disclosure and, of course, what might be going on now, the possible gradual disclosure. Randall, you had some questions. Yeah, Stephen, like most of us who are in the field already know what you're talking about and your role with the Paradigm Research Group at the paradigmresearchgroup.org. But for those of us out there less familiar with jargon like, you know, truth embargo and exopolitics Mm -hmm. uh, and the disclosure movement, because we deal with all kinds of paranormal stuff here. Can you take us back a little further in time and give us a brief recap of like what got you personally involved into this quest with unidentified flying objects? Yes. Unidentified, well, uh, which I prefer to call unidentified aerial phenomena or unexplained aerial phenomena. Uh, it's not a clever story. There's nothing really special about it. Uh, I simply made a decision at the age of 49 that. I simply was not satisfied with what I was doing in life, which I fully take responsibility for, wasted many of my gifts, and needed to do something that was important, that was interesting, that had the potential to make an impact. I think by 49, I realized that my basic nature was an activist, and I had dabbled with that, but I'd never engaged it. I wish I had. I wish I had become a full-fledged activist at the age of 22, maybe joined the Peace Corps, gone from there. It would have been constructive, but that was not how my life played out. But at 49, I guess matured to the point where I could make some tough decisions. And because I carried a, an interest in the subject all my life, though I never got directly involved, uh, I had read enough books to have a, a, an understanding. So it was always there. And it was on my list of this is these are a number of options. I could have joined the Peace Corps. I, I don't know. I could have started up an organic garden farm in California. So I, I, there's a lot of things I could have done. But this appealed to me because of the extraordinary possibilities and implications. So in 1995, I really started to, to think about doing it. I was very much influenced at the time by a, a John Mack's book, Abduction, which I had just read. And a few other books. I went to my first conference down in L.A. and attended that to kind of see where things were. And I was of a mind that things were to the point where they just might manifest, that we were moving significantly towards resolving this issue. Uh, And I think Mac influenced me the most on that. The very fact that he was doing what he was doing, being a Pulitzer Prize winning, Harvard trained doctor, uh, psychiatrist, highly esteemed which required a great deal of courage, made me feel comfortable about taking the plunge. And so I made the decision. This is it. Uh, I was very lucky. I, I, I knew I needed to get, go through a very the right door. Uh, otherwise, it could go, all go flat real quickly. And I was able to convince John Mack's organization, PEER, uh, in Cambridge, Program for Extraordinary Experience Research, to allow me to come out and volunteer as a development person. Uh, I had four months there. It was great, but it wasn't a particularly good fit. I'm not a, re- I'm not a researcher, and I wasn't thinking along those lines. However, it was in May of 1996, while sitting in my office in Cambridge, that I had what I consider a, a sort of personal epiphany. And it all came together in a, in a minute or two. And that was simply this, that the problem with the resolution of this issue has not been, probably from the start, a matter of evidence and science. There has been more than enough science done by the citizen research community and more than enough evidence compiled to absolutely confirm the extraterrestrial presence many times over. So what was the problem? The problem was political. 
this was a political problem, a policy decision by the United States government to embargo the issue. It used to be called cover up, but that term had to be changed. And I worked very hard to change it to embargo this issue from formal recognition and discourage involvement in the issue by the public, by the journalists, by academia. And a great deal of effort was put into this embargo. It was not some casual program. It was well-funded. It was quite serious. Uh, and until that embargo was lifted, you could pile ET evidence right up to the moon, and it wouldn't matter. And so I said, I'm going to engage this issue politically and seek political resolution. And I immediately, shortly thereafter, left for Washington, moved into a family home, established Paradigm Research Group, registered as a lobbyist, went on to create the Political Action Committee, which is currently in suspension, establish a website and so forth, uh, and pursue political resolution in all ways possible. And so I became, at that point, without knowing the term was, was, was yet not in play yet, an exopolitical activist, uh, a disclosure advocate, uh, advocate, a disclosure advocate, activist, a truth advocate. That's what I became. Uh, and that's the path I've been on now for 23 years. Fast question here. At 49 years of age, you change your path. And I understand I've changed my path a few times over the years. What sure. were you doing before then? I, I nothing particularly, nothing significant. Um, I was, and without getting into too much personal stuff, but I, in the end, I entered college in 1964 as a very immature kid with a troubled childhood. Not awful, but not, not fun. Uh, and some sort of internal sensitivity to the world around me that wasn't fully developed. And very quickly, the Vietnam War became a issue. Uh, and uh, as a military kid uh, raised in a Navy family, uh, it was extremely disturbing. And plus, I had uh, really a immature emotional structure to deal with the pressures of college. So I started out gangbusters with great grades and then things just start to fall apart. And ultimately, I, I had to leave school. I then got in another college and struggled and finally got a degree. But things are not going well. And I am not a happy camper. Because from 64 to 1970, when I finally got my degree in physics, I think people of my age, certainly not the millennials so much, remember that those were awful, awful years. This was, in my view, the beginning of the decline of the American uh, experiment and the American, what we'll call prominence, moral prominence. Uh, and I watched it all unfold and absorbed it all and ultimately said, the hell with it. I just... I'm just done. I just don't care. And I had a degree which was not useful. A BS in physics is worth a cup of coffee. You need a PhD. And I just dropped out. Now, a lot of people I knew back then dropped out. They dropped out. They tuned in and they turned on. I, I wasn't into any of that stuff. I, I, I started just playing tennis and played tennis a lot until I got pretty damn good and ultimately became a tennis teaching pro and played you know, small circuits and just hit tennis balls and didn't think about the hell that the United States was inflicting on other countries under the name of righteous uh, 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 exceptionalism. Uh, so I, I had been politicized. I was, I was a politicized activist with no portfolio. And so nothing was happening. And then I got into business for a while and brokerage and stocks and stuff, none of which really meant anything, but I'm trying to make a living. But it's not going well because I was I was still very, very unhappy. And so it wasn't until 49 that I realized that, look, 
you can continue to wander the planet and just do what you got to do, or you can decide to do something meaningful to have a purpose in life. If you, you, know, you live long enough, you mature, you learn lessons in life. And one of the lessons is one of the most great, the greatest gifts you can have is to have a purpose in this life as opposed to just uh, getting by. And that's how it happened. And I, and it happened to be the ET issue was there for me. Yeah, because, okay, so like many of us, you must have read the books when you were younger and got the impression that there was something real going on. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe after we come back from the break, let's talk a little bit about exactly how it was, because the same thing happened to me, that the whole interest in UFOs, alien visitation, and so on, became rekindled in you enough to set out on this journey. Just what was that trigger point at that time? Very interesting stuff. Thanks for sharing this with us. Sure. Stephen, we'll go into that in our next segment. We'll have you answer that and leave our listeners with a cliffhanger. So you've got to stay tuned to us to find out more about Stephen Bassett and that early history. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s.com hunters anglers campers and survivalists get back to nature expand your horizons with the highest quality most versatile unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98 they're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool feel the thrill only at slingbow.com Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, long question in our previous segment. You have to listen to it from Jay Randall Murphy of Stephen Bassett, our guest this week. Stephen? You've got quite a history before becoming sort of dedicated to the purpose that you're with now with the Paradigm Research Group. And uh, this was something that, that I was wondering for you, because some, something similar happened to me, actually quite a similar sort of pattern of events. What was it that sort of rekindled you and your interest in UFOs? Well, that, that's what I was essentially saying. I was telling you that before, but let me, let me rephrase it. Uh, but let me add a little bit more context. When I was about 10, maybe nine, I'm not sure, I was going to Sunday school, which is what you did back then. Uh, and occasionally we went to church, particularly intense about that. Uh, a Navy family living on Navy bases or near bases. And so you go to one base to another and, and they've got the Catholic church, they've got the Jewish synagogue, and then they have the Protestants. But they don't have enough money for all the Protestants. So it'll be Baptist at one military base. It'll be Methodist at another. <laughs> but they all had Sunday school. I go to Sunday school. And I'm not, I'm not, it's not, it's not working for me. <laughs> for whatever reason, it's just not, not working. And so uh, I skipped Sunday school once or twice. And then one time I skipped it. And for whatever reason, my father, who was not a particularly happy guy, was in a bad mood that day. And he gave me a spanking. Only time he ever did that. He spanked me for missing Sunday school. 
thinking that, okay, I'm going to get this kid back on the righteous path. What he didn't realize in that instance, he essentially ended my uh, engagement of right. religion yeah. right? <laughs> forever. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm outside that. I'm not affected by that kind of thinking at all. And I started reading science fiction. I, I love science fiction. I, it was so much more interesting than any books in school. And I immediately was drawn into that. I love it because there's these some classic science fiction back in the late 50s or 60s. Heinlein, Asimov, you name it. They, they were considered some Clark. of the greatest. Oh, Clark, yeah, for sure. sure. And I'm just I'm loving that. And so I'm my head's up in the space and dealing with ETs and or similar, you know, that, that material quite comfortable with it. Uh, so, OK, so now when I started seeing articles about the UFO issue, which was that, that's what it was at that time. It's all UFOs, all UFOs. My I, I would read the article and just put two and two together and go, oh, yeah, there's extraterrestrials here. That's cool. And it'll be really nice when the government tells us about that. Yeah. So you never had any of this sort of psychological barrier going on, like, oh, my God, we can't be visited by aliens from off planet or the whole world will fall apart. For you, it was a very natural thing. Exactly. Why? Who knows? Doesn't matter. There's 300 million people in this country. I don't know how many there were back then, probably about 120. Everyone with a different worldview. And so when you take something, a subject of this significance and you put it in front of 120 million people, you're going to get 120 million different responses covering a whole spectrum. Totally understandable. My response was no problem. So the door is open, but my life, if I, if I was more together back then, I, I might have been multitasking. I might have gotten involved in that and done some painting and taken up music and a lot of other things. Mostly I was involved with getting from one day to the next because I did not have a happy childhood. It was not a happy home. You did go through a, a period where you went to school. You ended up, like you were saying, you got a, yeah, sure. a degree in physics and you were living a relatively normal life. And this was, uh, you know, similar to what I was going through until back in one of the first books, just for example here to illustrate it, was uh, the report on unidentified flying objects by Edward Ruppelt. So this is mm-hmm. like way back in the 60s. And then the Lorenzons and Frank Edwards and Kehoe and all the rest. And then I just, oh, yeah, like you, sure, this like, for sure, this is all this is all happening. But it wasn't until I was probably into my 30s that, you know, someone just asked me at work one day. So what do you think of UFOs? And I, I started talking about it and didn't realize that there was these widely different opinions. I, as a kid, I just figured everybody knew about them. So that's kind of where what happened to me. It was like, what? The rest of the world doesn't know this. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, there's a difference here, though. Uh, I was reading science fiction. And I was noting things that turned up in the press, like the Look Magazine article, things like that about the subject. I wasn't reading books about the ET issue, the UFO issue. I wasn't doing that. So you got a more intense engagement. So mine was not quite there. But I, I was convinced it was true. And I, I, I'm thinking the government will tell us about it. So I, I don't need to get into that. Uh, and I went about doing other things. As I'm approaching the age of 49, though, I'm starting to read some books about this. Uh, I'm starting to, I'm getting drawn into it more. Uh, and again, the abduction book by Mac was probably the key. Oh yeah, Mac yeah. was excellent. Yeah, yeah. that was, it was the book a real that, loss for us to have that. You well, know, sure. can be gone. We've lost a lot of people, but again, but not just the book. The fact that I read the book and that turned me that that presented the opportunity. Because it was it was in the back of the book where they list the organization, Peer Program for Extraordinary Experience Research, and contacted them and had that door into the issue. If I don't take that door into the issue, 
then I I don't end up here. I, I, I may have gotten gone to a conference or two and who knows uh, might have. Uh, I don't know what would have happened. I know. Okay, I say so. What yeah. happened then? You okay? So you contact. What was this group again? A program for extraordinary experience research was the organization that Max set up once he started getting into uh, uh, working with contactees, which was facilitated by Bud Hopkins. But he was all he he had been dealing with some of this, and then Bud really got him going, and then he decided to to make it. He had multiple organizations. Um, uh, one was the key one. His name escapes me right now. And this was a subgroup in that. And it, they had an office in Cambridge. He was His office was up at the Cambridge University Hospital, uh, Harvard Hospital, Cambridge. And uh, uh, so there's a formal thing going on. And, and his, his intention was to publish serious papers. Uh, and he did try to get a major paper published at the New England Journal of, uh, I think, of Science Journal. Uh, and they just referred, they refused him several times. In fact, they got pretty irritated by it. Uh, and then that, and he, he, he turned that paper into the book, uh, Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens. So uh, that th- this was a formal organization. There was no other organization like it at the time. So how did and, you interact with them? Like, did you uh, go in and start attending meetings yourself? or No, not meetings. They, they're, they, they are an organization. They're, they have funding. They're, and I had a business background. Uh, develop entrepreneurial type business background. And so I persuaded them maybe I could be helpful in development, which ultimately means trying to raise money and things like that. So I, I'm there, I'm learning what's going on. I'm interacting with people and I'm thinking about how they could do this or how they can do that. Um, it was, in a, it, it was not when you're volunteering, anything is possible. Um, oh, yeah, sure. and, and I know about so that. I'm, I'm and the idea is that you volunteer in an organization and then if, you're, if, it, if it works out and you fit well, and that's the great thing about the volunteer approach, then they bring you in and you, maybe you're being paid. It's all been good. But it, I, it wasn't a fit. This is a very academic type operation loaded with PhDs. I did not have a PhD uh, and I uh, was not a researcher and ultimately just wasn't a fit. It's OK. So now what am I going to do next? But I had, I had a start. I had a platform. Um, and again, uh, that in- internal activist that I always was, that I never really pursued, uh, I think, uh, in my, it, it was plugged back in my subconscious, sort of came forward and said, Steve, you're an activist. And this issue requires an activist. So why don't you go and activate? Yeah. When you uh, started Paradigm Research Group, then that's that's when I left for uh, because I've, I've, I've lived in where I had family in Washington for many years. I've been in and out of Washington. Got all the way back to when I was a kid. I knew it well. And I had a place to stay because of, of a family home. And so I headed on down there. I had a free rent. I, uh, I remember I volunteered up at the pier. So. They're not getting paid anything. And when I finally got to uh, Bethesda on July the 4th, I actually drove into Bethesda on July the 4th, 1996. I had 18 cents in the gas in the car. That's all I had. <laughs> but I had a free place to live and free food. So uh, so that, that was that. And that is and that has characterized my my path here, because unlike others in the field, uh, I neglected to make a great deal of money prior to doing this. And so I entered with nothing, which which was which limited substantially what I could do and, and how fast I might uh, integrate into the issue. But fortunately for me, remember, this is 1996. The Internet 
was happening and, and the, uh, the World Wide Web was coming. And that was the godsend because the, the Internet and World Wide Web makes it possible for you to do amazing things with, with virtually no money at all. Awesome. Okay, we've got a break coming up. So this is stuff we don't normally get to hear, and I'd like to pick up on it again after the break, if you don't mind. This is wonderful. Stephen Bassett joining us. We're learning a lot more about Stephen than I ever knew before, and I'm really happy we're covering this area. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. Hypertension runs in my family, unfortunately. I started having problems a number of years ago, and I had heard the commercials a number of times, and I personally do not like the idea of being on medication. (laughs) Even though I'm a physician, you would think, you know, that's our thing, but we just don't like it. So I I figured, you know, I'll start the product, and I did, and I got to tell you, it does help. By the grace of God and that product, you know, my labs come back really good all the time, right on the money. I used to always have like cold toes in the winter time and I used to love going down to Florida for my medical conferences. But since I've been taking the product regularly, I don't have that problem anymore. You got a great product there, Don, and I just wanted to tell you how appreciative I am. Thank you so much. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, as much as we focused on disclosure, the prospects, what the government might know, where I'm really enjoying this personal story from Stephen Bassett about how he got from there to here. Randall, you want to continue? Right. So this was in 1996. And uh, thanks for sharing this because, you know, you've got so many other videos out there that people can watch. And we hear in them, you know, a lot of the the same stuff over again about what you've been doing and what the government does. And but we don't hear a lot about Stephen Bassett and what's really motivating you and what has been motivating you since 1996. I mean, you keep at it, even though year after year. Uh, you know, we think it's going to happen and we get really close and then 
you know, once again, we get shut out. So, you know, what is it that keeps you going? Hmm. I should add that the reason you don't hear much about me is I, that's my intention. I don't like to talk about me. I don't bring myself into this often. I just don't because I'm just not that important. Uh, and my life is not particularly profound. And that's just me. That's how I approach things. But there's a time and a place for that. And I think this is it's great to talk about this. I like I like doing it at, at this point. It's, it's, it's cool. In 96, I made maybe this way. When you have a purpose in life, it's amazing how things happen easier and how decisions are made better because you have a context, you have structure. Uh, it's the difference between running into the wind and running with the wind. I was a marathoner, a triathlon, all that kind of stuff. That's how I kept saying during for about 20 some years. And so I know what it's like to run or a bicycle into the wind as opposed to with it. And once I got in, into this issue and, and had this purpose, things just started going better. In spite of limited resources, uh, I was making good decisions and things were moving forward. And the key decision I made right after heading down to Bethesda, or I rather that I made plan to do when I got to Bethesda, was to register as lobbyist. I, I knew that there was no, I was certain there was no registered lobbyist on this issue uh, and that I would be the first. Okay, fine. But what does it matter if nobody knows? Well, I was aware that all lobbying registrations are scrutinized by the Washington Post and other entities. Because who's lobbying for who is actually a big deal. And at any time, you can have a, a, a cigarettes lobbying firm register on behalf of a country or a major corporation with significant implications for government policy. And so they check them all. And so I was pretty sure when my lobbying registration came across their desk, they were going to do a, a, a WTF and I was going to hear from them. And that's exactly what happened. Not that long after I had my registration had gone through. I got a call from the Washington Post and they wanted to interview me, kind of see what's what. And they did a, a huge front page article of the business section of the Post, which is archived on my website with a massive photo. That's the good news. The bad news, one of the worst photos of me ever taken. And I was that, I was off to the races. I mean, that, that's all it took. At that point, I knew I was going to get more media and that I had a, a basis to approach conferences and so forth. Uh, but the key decision was, yeah, register as a lobbyist. And 23 years later, I believe I am still the only registered lobbyist on this issue. Chase Klotsky, uh, I think, registered with a state for a while, but she's not federal registered right now. She may do so, so she could become the second at any time. I don't think the two, any of the two of the Stars Academy people have registered as lobbyists at this point. That, you know, that, and that was just a great decision. Uh, I didn't plan that, but it was like, oh, yeah, 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 right. That's a good decision. And I made a few other decisions, which proved to be good ones, because when you have a purpose, you just are able to when, when you don't have a purpose, when you're just trying to get through life and you're reacting to everything on a day to day basis, there's no long term plan. Boy, you, you can make a bad decision about every every 16 uh, minutes. You know, so that that's kind of the key to why things have moved forward. Well, thanks a lot for, for sharing that. And so that really makes this a lot clearer. Uh, it sounds like a really constructive way to approach the issue. Uh, and it seems logical, too, for someone who has looked at the issue and thinks, well, you know, the government must know something. I might as well become a lobbyist. Well, so, yeah, the government does know something. Yeah. And, and so, they're not telling us. And that's a political decision. So lobby him to change the decision. 
Okay, so now with all of that sort of context in place, we can get into that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, When do you think that the people, the higher ups, like say, you know, in the, I'm not as familiar with the US system. I'm not even that familiar with the Canadian system. I'm not into politics at all. But it seems to me that down or in any system out there, but let's say in the States, you've got a group of politicians who are at the top. You've got the president and all of the, his or her advisors, and you've got Congress people and so on. Well, how connected are they really to what's really going on? Like when you have pilots like David Fravor, you know, in an F-15 looking at one. And, and where's the disconnect between what's going on out there in the real world where this is happening and the political people down there? Mm. Huh. Yeah. A few thousand books are going to be written about the answer to your question. Uh, the history of the ET issue, meaning the total history of it, including everything the government has done or said, both privately and secretly, is vast. It's probably every bit as vast as the full history of the U.S. government's actions, statements, policies, both secret and public, with respect to the nuclear arms race and the Soviet Union. It's vast. So, and until disclosure has taken place, the ability to properly research all of that and put it together for posterity is simply not possible. But people have tried to do their best. Uh, And we have some ideas, we have some glimpses, but we also have a whole lot of speculation and theories. That's the nature of secrecy. It literally denies people the truth and it denies history and accounting. And it, it, it allows people to be unaccountable. Secrecy is, a, is, is one of those substances which in small doses may have some benefit, but in large doses will simply kill you. So it's difficult to answer your question. Uh, it's, it's just very complicated. Um, uh, but the simplest thing I can say would be that the people should try to, you know, consider is that from the very beginning, from day one uh, of the modern era, which we'll, we'll say starts with Roswell. Sure, 47. There have been people in the political class, people in the military arena, and people in the intelligence arena whose personal philosophy and worldview is such that the, the, the people of the world need to know about this. This is simply too big to withhold. Uh, and at the same time, there were people in all of these uh, arenas who felt, no, the people can't know about it. And so this 73 history, history and the internal history is undoubtedly a kind of back and forth, somewhat of a tug of war uh, between these two camps. Um, and you get glimpses of moments when the pro disclosure, of course, this term did not come into play until the 90s, um, early 90s. I, I think it's, it's a toss-up between me and Steve, Stephen Greer as to, well, I think the both of us together sort of developed the term disclosure and, and made it uh, prominent, made it important. Um, and and uh, uh, I, I was principal responsible for truth embargo. This language change, by the way, is very important in activism. In order to succeed in activism, you also have to change the language because the language has invariably been constructed by the government to serve the, the, their, their policy. And so if you use their language, you're, by, you're de facto serving your policy. 
So um, the you, you see these glimpses over the years where the, the pro-disclosure faction within the government, maybe in, even in the military area, military intelligence complex, or even in politics, pushed a little something out. They, 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 they made a move, I guess you could say. And it would emerge and you'd see something happening and then it would be pulled back. Um, and that's happened. So what, 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 what the difference between now and then is that the moves being made are far more overt, far broader, far more significant than ever. Okay. We're going to break here, folks. Yeah. Stephen Bassett is covering the history of the efforts towards disclosure and what we may or may not know. We've got much more to come. I have a couple of questions of Stephen in our next segment. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Gene Randall and Stephen. Now, Stephen, I've been listening to the discussion so far as we get towards the halfway point in the show. And you are coming across as having an insider's knowledge of the byplay among the various authorities through the years with regard to disclosure. How do you come by this information? This is somewhat of an illusion. Unlike others in the field, colleagues of mine, I've had very little insider connections, very, very little insider connection. I essentially was a civilian out of left field with no money no gravitas, no credentials. And so there was little or no chance that I was going to be able to, quote, make what we'll call firm, significant connections with high-level people inside. So there's been very little of that. Over the years, I've had my moments where I'm talking to people that are, quote, inside and getting some confirmation of the fundamental truths, which is nice. It's nice to get that. But there are others far more connected than I. When I talk about this issue, I'm giving you my view of the history based upon p- paying attention for 23 years. If you pay attention to something enough, you can make cogent statements about it. It's appropriate that you try to make it clear when you're being speculative, particularly when you're being very speculative. But at some point, you get a pretty good idea of what's going on. And because there's plenty of information out there, it's not as if Everything is hidden by any means. And so I may sound like an insider at times, but I'm not. With very few exceptions, there's very little that I'm not telling people. I tell people it's about everything. There are a few exceptions where I've gotten information that I cannot, I cannot relate, but not many. So the answer to your question is, I sound like an insider, which I think is cool. I consider that a compliment, unless a lot of what I'm saying is completely bogus, in which case, uh, that's not a good thing. You know, what I'm seeing here is I think it's perfectly legitimate to call you, a, you know, a researcher, a civilian researcher. And what you've done, and when you, especially if people go to your website at the paradigmresearchgroup.org, is they can look through 
a lot of documents and stuff that you've collected that supports your view. So it's not like you're just someone who's gone out there and says, hey, you know, I'm Steve, just listen to me because, you know, what I say happens to be the case. You back it up with all kinds of, I'm just looking at a really interesting page here, a list of quotations from people. This is really quite fascinating. It's really amazing that that people, when they take the time to do their homework, tend to arrive at the same conclusion. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. right? If you've got two groups of scientists studying atomic physics, if they are making a legitimate effort to get to the truth, you want them to both arrive at the same conclusion. But let me me add something here to clarify. I'm not a researcher, believe it or not. What I do is I utilize and draw upon the research of others who are researchers, those things that I think serve the disclosure process. Not everything that comes out of the research on this subject is useful for the political disclosure process, but a lot of it is. So I draw on them. And a lot of these researchers are talking to insiders. Right. But I'm a cover artist. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't go on shows and say, wow, I just got back from uh, South America and I have discovered, a, you know, a, no, 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 yeah. no. I, I draw on that. So, and then the website, there's huge amounts of resources on that website. It's, it's really quite uh, profound, I think. But those resources are not put there just to back up my view. They are put there for people to review and come to their own conclusions, whether it's the huge, vast print media archive of nearly 13,000 articles, video archive, quotes, and of course, material on conferences, all this stuff. You could spend a lot of time there, but it's designed for people to very quickly be able to go and and, and read up on this, uh, learn, understand, and then come to their own conclusions. I do not, in print articles, for instance, I don't put up skeptical articles, ridiculous skeptical articles that are written by debunkers. I don't put those up. But I do put up articles which are challenging some of the key points, uh, what I consider in an inappropriate, intelligent way. Uh, but there's no question that the site is biased toward the truth of the ET presence. I, I won't deny that, which I consider an absolute fact. So I won't say that it's not without some, some uh, inflection towards uh, confirmation. <laughs> You know, that's like uh, the late Stanton Friedman said, I'm a, I'm a non-apologist ufologist. I mean, it, I think it's wonderful for people to come out and just say, hey, look, this is what yeah. I believe, and be brave enough to do that. I do the same thing. I believe without any reservation that alien visitation is a reality. Mm-hmm. Exactly where they're coming from, I'm not entirely sure. Exactly how they get here, I'm not sure. I, there's a whole sure. mess of foggy details that we don't know for sure. But I don't think that should take away from the fact that when you sift through all of this stuff, what you get out is the aliens are here, or at least have been here. And that alone should be enough. What the skeptics do is they start tearing apart and picking apart little pieces to try and discredit that basic truth. You know, so what if some of them are hoaxes or some of them aren't? We're still left with this residual amount that you just can't explain reasonably any other way. Agreed. It's been established. It's proof. It's proof. It's that simple. So now the question is, what do you do about it? The fact that the government has continued to deny this fact is a non-trivial political problem. And it's connected to a lot of other problems because the embargo on the ET issue is part of the larger national security state where vast amounts of information is withheld from the public for national security reasons, uh, which has essentially become a blanket for everything. 
It is a path that ultimately leads to bad outcomes. And we've gone down that path and, and we've done it in a, in a constitutional republic where people have a lot of influence. There's, we hold a lot of elections here. And yet the people have gone along with it. And the reason is, and this is where it gets interesting. The ET issue is not obviously why the general public has stood staunchly behind the, na- the building of the largest national security state in history. It's the Cold War and the nuclear threat. Because people were pretty much convinced, and rightly so, that we'd finally gotten to a point as a species where we had the weapons to destroy the entire species. Uh, And since given our past history, that's exactly what we intended to do. And we had seen those bombs dropped in Japan. We got very good visuals to what happens there. And so now we're in a nuclear arms race with the Soviet Union and the government's basically saying, We've got to do what we got to do to protect you from being blown up in a nuclear explosion. And the American people said, whatever you want to do, you got open ticket, carte blanche, all the money you want. And so they then were able to build that national security structure, which, as it happened, also contained the reality of the ET presence. And so without that national security structure, I can say quite firmly that if, if for whatever reason we had had rapprochement with the, the Soviet Union, our great ally that lost 20 million people defeating the Reich and got along with him and said, look, you guys seem to be trying the extreme socialist experiment with communism. And we're not saying when that's going to work, but and I'll give it a shot, but let's all get along. And there wasn't a nuclear arms race. We'd have had disclosure way back many years ago, 50, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But the nuclear, the nuclear arms race affected every aspect of American society, every worldview of every person living in this country, policies, opportunities, the vast sums of money, trillions of dollars spent on this, quote, Cold War and the proxy wars. More to come. Here our next segment with Stephen Bassett with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNlife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with John Hunt. A British oil tanker was seized in the Strait of Hormuz by Iranian forces, while another was temporarily stopped and sent on its way. Here's the words of British Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt. Stena Impro was seized in Omani waters in clear contravention of international. 
international law. This is totally and utterly unacceptable. It raises very serious questions about the security of British shipping and indeed international shipping. Iran's Revolutionary Guard claims that they seized the tanker for violating international regulations. Three members of a now-defunct white supremacist group were sentenced to more than two years in prison for punching, kicking, and choking counter-demonstrators at a white nationalist rally in Charlottesville and events in California. Benjamin Daly, Thomas Gillen, and Michael Maselis were members of the group known as the Rise Above Movement, and the U.S. Attorney's Office sentenced them yesterday. This is USA Radio News. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-985-1813 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-985-1813 now. Again, that's 800-985-1813. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800 503 8625 800 503 8625 800 503 8625 national security state. So we should listen to the words of warning of President Eisenhower about the military industrial complex. Isn't that what it was all about? Absolutely. Uh, Though the proper phrase would have been military intelligence industrial complex, MIIC. I like to call it just MIC, but that was in fact the, he was, he was addressing what he'd already seen is they'd already built the foundation by the time he left office in, in 70 or 60 rather, and um, they were probably up to the third floor, or rather they were in the, the third basement levels. And he saw what was going on, and he realized this was, this was not going to go probably well. Uh, and he warned us. But remember, we're still in the nuclear arms race. We still have a Cold War underway. By 60, there were enough weapons out there to do enough damage that we would be extremely distraught. And so that's about as far as Eisenhower could go. He could have gone further. Eisenhower could have sat down with the New York Times uh, a week after he left office 
and spilled the beans on a ton of stuff and opened up cans of worms and uh, changed the course of history. But, I mean, he was a, a military leader. Uh, the Soviet Union was an existential threat. And so he just gave us a little clue. And it was, a, it was a good effort because that clue has never gone away. It's referred to, it's on the internet, you can find it everywhere you want. However, that was 59 years ago. And everything that he warned us about has happened because we haven't been able to take appropriate action as a, as a democratic republic. The people have been barred from being able to help fix the problem. And ultimately, the journalists were barred, in a sense, from fixing the problem. And so if you've got a serious illness and you won't see a doctor and you won't let someone come see you and you won't take any medicine and you're just going to sit there, you're going to die. And that's kind of what's happening in the United States. We have prevented the ability to fix the issues and problems that we've created, thus ensuring that they would fester and be prolonged. Well, I remember uh, listening to Obama, who, by the way, I really liked much more so than the, the current uh, person in office. But I remember he was making a national address and he said, this is your president. The system is broken. Everybody's been saying the system is broken. You know, when the, when your own president says the system is broken, sure. uh, really, I mean, so how do you fix it then? I mean, that, that that's a yeah. real conundrum. Well, in order to fix it, you have to fix the uh, structures. You have to fi- fix the institutions that are designed to to deal with that. I mean, the Constitution created the basis for us to fix just about anything. Uh, but if we chose not choose not to use it, uh, but in order to use it, you have to be able to function in, in, in healthy ways, and that has been taken away. The electoral system, the elect- election process, is is broken. Okay, but we don't want to get too far off track here. I I do happen to agree with you, though, and I think those are really good points. And another really good point you make is it's not just the industrial side of it, it's the intelligence side of it. Yeah, Yeah, what you've got is like after, of course, and the Cold War, definitely. So you look at, uh, is it any uh, coincidence that the CIA was formed in 1947? I mean, okay, this was after... World War II, and then you get the nuclear weaponry coming in, and then the CIA is formed in 47, same year as Roswell, and then they get involved in the Robertson panel and say, "Uh uh-uh, we can't be having any of this uh, UFO stuff clogging up all our communication channels, and so from now on, it's all hush-hush. Yeah, think of the uh, the last 70 years, if you want to. Think of these two issues, the extraterrestrial presence and all of that implications, the the nuclear arms race and all of its implications, which is the Cold War. Think of those two past, you know, literally winding like like a double helix. Right. The DNA of our disorder uh, winding through that 70 year period coming forward as a a growing double helix intertwined around each other. Uh, And that's, I think, a way to look at it. But from the national security perspective, the nuclear arms race was number one. The key issue was number two. And they were able to table that a lot. They were able to suppress that. The nuclear arms race, obviously, they didn't want to suppress it. They wanted everybody to know about it. But they weren't going to tell you how they were dealing with it. There were plenty of secrets. But they weren't denying that there there was a Soviet Union or that there were nuclear weapons there that could harm us. Of course not. 
In the ET issue, they, they took a more radical approach. They denied the very presence of the ETs, which they needed to do, uh, because unlike the Soviet Union, the ETs could do any damn thing they wanted. They could contain the Soviet Union in a lot of ways. They could not contain the ETs. They could do whatever they wanted, and they knew that. So they had to deal with that. And let me tell you, what they accomplished was extraordinary. History will be pretty, I think, uh, praiseworthy on this. You pulled off an unbelievable, um, what we'll call public relations propaganda maneuver. You were able to contain the presence of extraterrestrials who could go and come as they please. They were being seen all over the world by millions of people. You were able to keep that contained for 72 years, which is yeah, phenomenal. It, it's really amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I you know, looking back in history, you know, it was suggested by them that they have case studies, and this is what they do to people. They have case studies that would be presented for the purpose of baiting viewers with an interesting UFO story and then deflate them later by revealing sure. some sort of mundane explanation. And they even talked about getting Disney Corporation involved in all of this. I mean, that that's how deep it went and how important the cultural aspect of it was to them to keep it suppressed and all allegedly so that well we can't have any ufo chatter clogging up our intelligence channels between the russians and the rest of the world and the rest of the other foreign nations because the nuclear situation is far too important and that was their excuse yeah if you were that's why very few people over this period Made, made the decision to directly confront the government in a political way about the embargo or what was eventually the cover up. I'm not saying others didn't didn't put pressure in various ways, but I mean, in an overt political way, uh, you're going to change that policy. Uh, research is different. You could go out and study a sighting. You could go and, and, and look at archives, look at documents and, 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 and learn material, put it in a paper, put it in a book, publish it. No big deal. But when you're talking about confronting the government directly, the people in this field have no resources, very little money. Um, they, have to, they have to work to make a living. The government has billions and billions and billions of dollars, supercomputers, uh, all kinds of personnel, uh, vast secrecy to protect them. Uh, they can game this issue all, all they want. Uh, in, I mean, in my game, it in other words, we use computers to study reactions. Right. How people. Yeah. I mean, they, they had all the resources, and you're up against that, uh, and you're going to get them to change a policy. It would have been, yeah. I tell you what, the cl the closest thing to what the the disclosure movement has tried to do would be the anti nuke movement, which exists. And it's been around by nuke. I'm talking about nuclear weapons. Yeah, there's, there's also, a real parallel there, isn't there? There is. That's actually a really good comparison. And I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to include nuclear power plants. There's, there's anti-nuke right. can also include that. Let's just talk about nuclear weapons. Sure. So you've got people out there going back a long ways who devoted their time and effort, maybe even a good portion of their entire life, to trying to convince the government to change a policy. What that policy was, was massive nuclear arms in a mutual assured destruction mode with the Soviet Union. And guess what? They got nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Uh, well, let me, let, me, let me take that back. The anti-nuke movement, I think, did help to possibly facilitate some of the treaties that ultimately took place in terms of arms reductions and so forth. But certainly it didn't succeed in having the government say, commit to, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get rid of the nukes, 
we're going to end this arms race and so forth. No, it, obviously it hasn't ended, but there has been a reduction in nukes. Limited results. They were okay. facing pretty much um, the same situation we are. And I believe that we've had greater success. Hey, we're going to yeah, break for a moment here. here with Stephen Bassett, Paradigm Research Group, talking about UFO disclosure. And maybe we're on the road this time with Gina Randall. You're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55, but with treatment it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD, or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information, or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. 
We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, over the show, you've pointed out that maybe things are getting better now. You've made predictions over the years. I guess a lot of it is a hope that this is the year it's going to happen, and it hasn't. And of course, that doesn't help. You don't like to be proven wrong. What did happen? What led you to believe we were on the way? Uh, Well, let's let's be clear, clear here. Prediction of it's going to happen at a certain time is one thing. And I don't do that. What I have done, and sometimes I probably slid into the predictive mode, and I, 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 that, that could happen, I, and it's not, not appropriate. What I have tried to do over the years is give a sense to people of the prospects of it, which have fluctuated substantially over the last 23 years that I've been involved. So one year, there's a lot of promising indications, and another year, nothing. And there have been times, clearly, when I, I was not – saying disclosure was even likely at all. It was, it, 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 I created the, the paradigm clock, which still exists, but it's in suspension, to sort of demonstrate this fluctuation, how things would get closer and then they would move back away from midnight, just like the doomsday clock of the bulletin of atomic scientists. They would move it closer to midnight if circumstances uh, warranted it. By the way, recently they put it at two minutes, which is the closest it's ever been to midnight since they created in 1947. So our clock has uh, started right now, folks. This show will never be heard because of that. <laughs> and and so uh i have there have been times when i said look this and i'm, I'm doing that because i'm an activist my, my job is to motivate people to get people involved and you can't get people are not going to get involved if the prevailing sentiment is there's no chance in hell that you can penetrate the government's uh, embargo so i try to motivate motivate them uh and there have been times when i i i would say that this looks like a very good possibility this year uh it could happen this year but I don't predict, yes, it is going to happen this year. But I think on occasion, because I do a lot of interviews, I might have tossed some words in there that gave that impression. And, and that's not appropriate. Um, I can't say it's going to happen this year. I'm not going to predict it's going to happen this year. Well, but I know, know I, an awful lot of what's going on. And I can tell you the potential for it to happen this year is high. Steve, you know, I, I, you know when you do make as many appearances as you do and, and you're in this field, there's a bunch of people who are going to be listening who are interested. There's a bunch of people who are going to think, oh, there's, you know, another tinfoil hat wearing, you, you know, UFO guy. And so people are going to take what you say and read it through their own filters and sure. come back at you with whatever their particular biases are. So, 
say someone, you know, like myself, I'll look at it and you'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I think we're going to get it this year. It's coming out. I'd say maybe November. You know, I look at it like and you said previously, I think you were into stocks and and trading and finances and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hear those guys say that all the time. You know, silver is going to go to 60 bucks. I mean, I think silver is artificially, you know, deflated still personally. Mm. But I mean, you know, people don't come down so hard on them. It's just like, look, you've got an enthusiasm for this. You're motivated. You're driven. You see certain signs and you say, yeah, you know, I really think it could happen. So I think that's perfectly fair. I don't think we always, you know, people have to be so hard on you because, Oh, you know, you were excited about it and thought it was really going to happen, and it didn't happen. I'm not surprised when it doesn't, personally, but, you know, I don't hold it against you. And I certainly don't hold it against you like, you know, you mentioned Greer earlier. You are not <laughs> portraying yourself as, you know, the world's galactic ambassador and, and uh, you know, going out and getting people to make a telepathic contact with a vague light off in the distance. You know, I think there's a big difference between that kind of disclosure and the kind of stuff you're doing. Uh, first of all, I, I don't mind criticism and I don't mind people not believing the damn thing I say. It's OK. My job is to is to inform people. And if enough people get the information and also engage government, things will eventually come around. But uh, I don't know if you've ever if you remember the, the telephone game. That you don't, people don't play anymore. But they, when I was younger, they used to play it. You got a party, you got some people, had a couple of drinks, and there's like seven or eight of them. And so you start a story off with person A, and, and that you know, whisper it to them, and then that person retells the story to person B, and it goes around in a circle, and it comes back to the, the person A again. Sure. And the story is profoundly changed <laughs> by the time it gets there. Believe me. And and uh, the internet has created a, a worldwide global telephone game. So you give you give a lecture. Or maybe you give an interview, somebody hears it, blogs about it, somebody reads the blog, puts up something on the Facebook page, and somebody then takes that, shares it with somebody else who writes it up on a, on a Reddit, and by the time it's gone through nine iterations, it doesn't much resemble what they said in the first place. I want to interrupt here and mention this yeah. parenthetically, Stephen, because you and I are old enough to remember this. Randall's just a young whippersnapper compared to us. You remember Steve Allen, right? Sure. Okay. Steve Allen used to do that on the stage. He'd bring up people yeah. in the audience. They'd get on stage and he'd whisper a joke to the first person. Right. That person would whisper the joke to the second person. Goes through a number of generations. And as you know, the final person has said, okay, tell the joke. And that joke has no resemblance, whatever. I'll bring up another point, even about stuff you read in UFO books and magazines, Kevin Randall has been doing something called chasing footnotes, where he'll trace a story that he reads in a book that sounds interesting back to the original source. And once again, even two or three generations, it picks up something or loses something in the translation. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. In fact, Jack Parr, who, who replaced Alan, took this to another level. And it was hysterical. It was probably the most hysterical version of this. Jack Parr, of course, was considered one of the great talk shows of all time. He had a huge guest list. And, and back then, the shows were, let's just say, a little more intellectual. The, the, the guests were pretty smart people. And many, many of them are multilingual. There'd be somebody who spoke Polish and English, and then somebody who spoke Polish and German and French and Spanish, whatever the hell. And so he, 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 one night, he would bring on like five people who were multilingual. And so... He, he would start off the joke to 
one of his guests in English. And then that that person might know French and then somebody else in the group knew French. And so that person would retell the joke to the other person in French who would then retell it to somebody else who was German French and spoke German. And then the joke would go around for Blanders <laughs> Land by the time it came out. Let me tell you, it was bizarre. And th- th- those are some of the funniest things he ever did. I, I love that. But he- we didn't ask for the Internet. It was delivered to us without a user manual. They just plopped it out there and said, hey, go with this. And we're still figuring it out. It has changed everything. It has changed the way people think, write, talk. Hell, I can't even write script anymore. I try to write something and it, it's crap. It's worse than a, a seven-year-old from 1960. Uh, I just I don't write anymore. I just type. And it's easy to defame people, to insult people, to create hoaxes, to create chaos, uh, and even disrupt whole elections, maybe even change who becomes president. The Internet is one of them is probably the most powerful information tool of all time. And we're a generation from actually being able to understand its power, use it appropriately. And so it's created a lot of chaos. It's also leveled the playing fields. This is what's allowed yeah. you to get out there sure. and really promote yourself. I mean, look at the YouTube channels and you've got your website where you can post all these articles and people can check it out for themselves, too. So with a little bit of discretion, somebody who isn't really well funded can really still make a pretty big splash if they if they just put a bit of effort in. The best thing about the Internet is made it possible for virtually anyone to express their opinions and try to influence the opinions of others. The worst thing about the internet is it's made it possible for virtually anyone to express their opinions and influence the opinions of others. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you got it both ways, but yeah, it's fabulous. It's, I don't even have a, a cable connection for my television anymore. I just, I've got two monitors and I, spend my time on screens looking at those so So, So yeah actually we're just coming up to another break here in the next minute or so but after that i'd like to get into a little bit about what you were saying before too about how it's important to the way that we talk about it the understanding difference in the different jargon and why is it that people are so confused and i think that the language that we use tends to confuse people and it's part of uh, it feeds right into this topic that you were just saying, this telephone game type thing. In other words, what we get on the news about a particular sighting or issue like this ATIP program or To the Stars isn't necessarily even what was said by the people who created it. But we also yeah, have a situation, Randall, where people who watch cable news, for example, live in bubbles. You have one version catering to one political belief, another one maybe to different political beliefs or lack of beliefs. And it's very difficult to get accurate news. Of course, it's not like in the late 19th century where newspaper editors would do anything for circulation. We have Stephen Bassett, Paradigm Research Group, and we got a lot more to cover as we progress here with Gene and Randall. You're in The Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy 
We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. If you feel you've been lied to, pressured, or misled into buying your timeshare, you have the right to cancel completely. This is Steve Sanchez, and I'd like to introduce you to Wesley Financial Group, the leading top-rated timeshare cancellation company in the country. That's right, no more excessive fees or lifetime commitments that make you feel like you're serving a prison sentence. Founded by CEO Chuck McDowell, a pioneer in the industry who went into federal court and won against the largest timeshare resort company in the world just to help you get out of your timeshare. Too good to be true? No. Countless testimonials and the highest ratings from the Better Business Bureau make Wesley Financial Group the real deal and their money back guarantee they put in writing makes them the Steve Sanchez choice for successfully canceling your timeshare guaranteed. To get their free information kit, call 1-800-475-1919. That's 1-800-475-1919 or visit them at timesharecancellations.com. That's 1-800-475-1919. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. And I want to mention here that Stephen Bassett is going to be a speaker at the Alien Expo, XPO. In Knoxville, Tennessee, August 17th and 18th is when the event is held. And a lot of other speakers that we're familiar with. So check it out. Randall, proceed. Earlier in the show, we were talking about how the way that this is rolled out to people through the media. And so we have one example that of the most recent one, which is connected with this advanced aerospace threat identification program that the To the Stars Academy people have been talking about and so on. And that has uh, precipitated uh, a movement by, from what my understanding is, here I go retelling the story, the Navy pilots to have some sort of reporting procedures put in place. So the Navy issued a statement saying something to the effect of they are going to be doing that with respect to unidentified aircraft. And they made the word aircraft. They didn't use UAP. They didn't use UFO. But yet when it hit the media, all of a sudden it's like Navy Institute's UFO reporting protocol type of thing. Uh, well, to be to be fair on that, uh, I'm pretty sure the Navy's action was direct response to the uh, um, TTSAAS uh, activities, particularly the uh, the New York Times articles and the emergence of the ATIP program, and the and of course the Nimitz case, which is the centerpiece of that program. The Navy was in a very tough spot because the Nimitz program was the Nimitz event, the case of 2004, was known to researchers. 
So they didn't have the witnesses, and they certainly didn't have the gun camera footage, but it was out there. It was one of so many other cases, right? Can't really run it to ground, but pretty sure there's something happened. And then they, this all thing comes out intensely with the gun camera footage, the pilots coming forward, the people on the communications and, and, and surveillance ship, Princeton, coming forward. Huge deal. Uh, and it's all Navy. And then the other, the other, uh, gun, the other two gun camera footage is from the Roosevelt in, uh, incident, 2015. That was a carrier on the on the in, on the East Coast, all Navy. And so the Navy is, is sitting there going, "Oh my God, uh, we've just sort of been outed here." And everybody sort of knows that we've had significant sightings and significant interactions, engagement of UAPs, and we we're not we've not admitted it. We've not talked about it. We've withheld it. We've suppressed it. We've told people they can't talk about it, and it's all out there in, in front of us, in front of the people. So this is awkward, and I think they needed to do something to show that they're they're not sitting there dug in, uh, acting like petulant children. So they decided to to modify. It's like a like a get gesture to modify their reporting thing, and the, the, the key there was they they were essentially giving a public license to the pilots to come forward. They're, they're basically saying, look. We're not going to take away your flying privileges if you speak on this, though, again, you can't violate classification systems. You can't violate non-disclosure agreements. So I think that was directly tied to it. But in general, look, you brought up something very important, but I do want to talk more about the TTSA before the show's over. But you brought up something very important. There are legitimate news sources out there. Uh, they're pretty much the same ones that we've always had. We're not in the age of yellow journalism. We're in the age of highly funded, sophisticated journalism with, with reporters and editors and so forth that went to colleges and universities and had degrees. Uh, and the fundamental principles are still sound. So if you want to get your news, you go to these respected sources. Major papers, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Tribune, The Times of London and so forth. You get great news there. It's not fake. I assure you. They make mistakes. But it's not fake. Cable news is a different situation. Cable news has limited audiences and is highly competitive for ratings and money. And so as a result, cable news has become partisanized uh, and much less effective. They focus on certain things, repeat everything over and over again. And they have become somewhat echo chambers for people of difficult political persuasions. That doesn't mean there isn't news there. You can get news there, right? But if you're not paying attention, you're going to get some, you're going to get skewered a little bit and it's going to create some problems. Yeah, or it gets skewered a lot because, yeah. Or a lot, a little bit a lot. Of course, I mean, they'll just leave out the completely relevant stuff from the other side of the issue and just focus on their own specific issues or agenda that whatever it is that they want to push. We see this all the time up here, especially in Alberta with respect to our our oil industry. If there's a huge giant mess up in the north, people have tried to bring environmentalists up and there's been, but every time the media just kicks into high gear, we've got the right wing industrialist people who really don't seem to care much about the ecology up here. And, And I guess I shouldn't go on too much about that, but I see it every day. We have to avoid the P word here, Randall. Politics, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm, I am a political activist, folks. So, so <laughs> you're allowed, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but there is there's news in the cable arena, but uh, it's generally almost all of the shows are reflection of the worldview of the host. There are a few strict news shows on cable news, and you can usually figure out which ones those are, but. The, the best way to get news now is using amalgamators 
Twitter is a very powerful amalgamator. You can go on Twitter and you can choose to follow whatever news outlet you want, whatever newspaper, so forth. So you can select, and I've done this, say a range of 40 different outlets. And you will then start getting feed from all 40 of those in a real-time basis. And it's huge amount of news covering a broad range, depending upon who you select. Now, if you select a total group of very biased news entities, you're going to get biased news. So, so people can do that on Twitter and then use that as, as their way of, of seeing what things are going on. That, that's a positive thing. There's other amalgamators being put together, briefing, briefing software and so forth, briefing programs. People have been wedded to the cable news programs for some time and talk radio talk. And unfortunately, a very high percentage of the information being passed through uh, cable news and a talk radio is biased, if not bogus. You know, I wanted to bring up something here as you were talking, because sometimes things don't work the way you expect them. Like we all know that Tucker Carlson, who's a commentator on Fox News, and he Mm -hmm. expresses a conservative opinion. He's also a firebrand like Bill O'Reilly. So he gets Mm -hmm. somebody on the show he disagrees with, he can almost scream at them, belittle them, except, except he brings on Leslie Kane, Louis Elizondo, Nick Pope, people involved in UFO, UAP research. He is a dead, serious journalist. What tells me is this guy, with all the stuff he's doing, which I think is partly an act, this guy believes there's something to the UFOs. Otherwise, he wouldn't be so serious about it. There's a lot, lot there. Uh, you've brought up a very interesting uh, uh, matter. He, he is, let me put it this way, Tucker Carlson is extremely conservative and a firebrand. And with all of these, well, not with all of these people, but most of these people, a good portion of their, their, their game is apt. It's an act. Uh, what they really think is not clear, doesn't matter. They're there to to put on a show and the show is scripted by the network, um, which is a problem. Right. But they need the ratings. So Tucker has been criticized extensively for a lot of his somewhat outrageous statements and and has taken a lot of of grief. And then the E.T. issue, which apparently he has an interest in, started to heat up and he engaged it. He brought on he's brought on Nick Pope five or six times, Leslie King, Elizondo, Christopher Mellon, you name it. No one has done more interviews on cable news on this subject in the last uh, 24 months than than Tucker Carlson. And what he discovered was this. This issue is fundamentally bipartisan. I've always said it was. That doesn't mean that partisan politics doesn't doesn't intersect with it, but the issue is bipartisan. And so he he was able to engage a bipartisan issue that had people were very interested in. And he brought these people and he treated them with respect and he got a lot of positive feedback. And I think that he, that was very welcome because he's, he's been pounded pretty hard. And now he's getting this great positive feedback. And he said, well, this is great. And so he kept bringing him on. And so it turns out that on this issue, Tucker has been a great resource. Um, and uh, I'll take it. I was invited on the show. Fortunately, uh, I didn't get the inner invite. And I didn't see it on my email until it was too late. And I'm, I hope they invite me back. Uh, I'm happy to do the show. In fact, I'll do any show, frankly. You know me. I'm, I'm a, you know, you, get, you put a microphone in front of me. I'm going to. Well, that's what you do. You're trying to get you're trying to get the truth out there. The truth is out there, folks, but we have to break. Stephen, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. (laughs) 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-985-1610. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, you see, after we weren't so kind to Stephen Bassett 10 years, three months ago, a little critical, he came back and... We're having a really, really great discussion. You know, let me just hit something here, too, since we're talking about the news media's approach to UFOs. And we go go back to this 2016 campaign. As much as Donald Trump attacked Hillary Clinton, crooked Hillary, he never seemed to attack her when she expressed a serious interest in UAPs. John Podesta, her campaign chairman, of course, wrote the introduction to Leslie Kane's book. Again, serious, interesting. Mm -hmm. Very significant. Most people don't know what happened here. This is a case where I will toot my own horn. I don't do it a lot. But the political initiative that I launched in Washington on November of 2014 was a big deal. Uh, uh, We did the citizen hearing on disclosure, which had 30 hours of testimony including key political testimony, particularly about the Clinton ET connection, Rockefeller Initiative and all that. And so I began the, the campaign political initiative with by by sending a 30-hour DVD sets of all of the uh, of our testimony to every member of Congress across the entire Capitol Hill. Uh, then I showed up, hired my publicist. I had a bit of money back then, and she, she's 30, 40 years in, in, in public relations in Washington, knows everybody. Uh, and she started hitting up the media, trying to try to get a story. This is this story of the connection between this leading presidential candidate and the ET issue that goes all the way back to 1993 into play. And I did the same. And we succeeded. We broke through around uh, late December, multiple stories in the Washington Times. And before that election was over, over 400 articles were written about the connection between members of the Clinton political team and the ET issue including direct references to the Rockefeller Initiative, links to the the documents, all kinds of stuff. And there was so much pressure by the reporters on the campaign and on Podesta that they were forced out of cover. They they, they didn't want to talk about this issue. They wanted to just get to the White House and then she was going to disclose uh, and take that legacy. That was the plan all along. But they had to respond. All these articles, the reporters are going to call you up and say, do you want to comment? And they wouldn't comment. They basically would not respond at all. And so what they did was to go on Jimmy Kimmel and, and, and Colbert and, and Ellen DeGeneres' show, occasional interview in a safe location, and make statements that were very provocative and generated even more articles because they had no choice. This was the work of Paradigm Research Group. I was driving that process from day one. I was in a, in a, in a direct update relationship with like 42 reporters, both here in the UK, sending them stuff on a regular basis, meaning, you know, how about this? How about that? Helping to make these stories happen. And the goal, a lot of people thought I was trying to elect Hillary Clinton. I didn't even vote for Hillary Clinton. The point is the goal was to generate such a heated story that the, the debate moderators, those millionaire, multimillionaire talk show hosts, would ask her about it. What about that story? What about this? What about this connection to ET issue? What about the Rockefeller Initiative? And if that had happened, this thing was going to get out of control very quickly. And I was hoping it would blow completely sky high and that it would force the Pentagon's hand in Obama and they would have to come together and Obama was going to disclose. But I, I also knew that if it didn't break out in the Obama administration, that once she was in power, she was she was going to do it. And 
I believe it was because people inside the military intelligence community were watching all of this happen and realize what was coming, that she was going to win the White House. She was going to disclose the ET presence, take the greatest political legacy in history as her own, as well as being the first woman president. And they were going to probably carve a, uh, her face into Mount Rushmore. Uh, but they also knew that she and the other political politicians are going to throw them under the bus. They were going to blame everything on the, 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 the CIA and the DOD, uh, on the military intelligence community. They were the, rather the guilty guys. They were the ones that kept the secrets. They wouldn't tell us, blah, blah, blah. And they, they, they weren't going to be thrown under the bus without a fight. And I believe they created the TTS as a specific response to that inevitability. Now, I sent an email to Podesta right after the election. I've sent him a number of emails over the years, and I can say that I've never received a response. And basically, I said something along those lines that you just said. This has been true going all the way back to, to, to Podesta's statement in 2002 at the National Press Club about it's time to release all the UFO files. If, if, if Hillary Clinton had said, look, it's time for the people to know the history of this issue with my husband and, and, and what we've been talking about, the fact that it's legit and we've been stonewalled. If she had gone and done that, she would have become president. But she didn't have the courage. She was going to finesse it all the way to the White House. And then once she's in the White House, OK, no problem. She didn't have the courage to do it. And one of the things that Podesta missed and she missed is what you just exactly said. Since I never had a chance to talk to him uh, or give them any advice, I couldn't tell him is that aren't they surprised that from 1993 on, because a lot of people knew about the Rockefeller Initiative, though the press wouldn't cover it. And then from 2002 on and Podesta's statements and, and his work with Leslie Kane and the book and the documentary and on and on and on, including the ET, you know, the ET ticket that I got, you know, pushed out in 2007 and made it to Fox News. They were never attacked by the Republican infrastructure, the Republican National Committee on their interest in this subject. Never attacked. And in the campaign, they weren't attacked. Didn't that tell them something? The Republican Party plays hardball. They will beat you to death with a baseball back to get what they want. And they will attack you for your fingernail polish. If you have a coughing fit, they'll make it global news. They went after every aspect of her life, and of course, her husband, but not the UFO issue. That didn't tell them something. And what it should have told them was this. The Republican hierarchy, the political uh, leadership of the Republican Party and their backers inside the Pentagon are fully aware of the ET presence going all the way back to the Eisenhower administration. But the Republican Party, because of its worldview, is much less inclined to press back against the truth embargo. They've gone along with it pretty much completely. And they don't want to ruffle the, uh, the military intelligence community. They consider it a strong ally. Now that's changing. And so, but they know it's true. And they knew full well, given that ETs, remember, can do anything they want and go anywhere they want, that if they decided they were going to take down the Democrats on the UFO issue, the ET issue, and viciously attack them for being tinfoil hatters, this issue could come out at any time and blow them out of the water. And so that just gives you a glimpse of the complexity of the politics, which eventually is going to be written up extensively. I'm going to write a book for sure. I'm the last of all of my colleagues uh, to write one. Uh, you know, but Have you got a title picked out yet? Yeah, we're just coming up to the next break. So uh, make it quick. Oh, the title book. Um, what, what is it? It's. Um, <laughs> the day after disclosure reflections on 
the uh, uh, the reflections on the extraterrestrial presence issued by an exopolitical activist. That's well, you know, there's a book similar title from Richard Dolan and yeah. Bryce Zabel. You know, we've got Stephen Bassett of Paradigm Research Group joining us. And this is not just a discussion about the possibilities of disclosure of UFOs. It was fascinating to talk about his background, how he got from there, a relatively normal person to become one of <laughs> us. Wacky, crazy people. This is wacky, crazy Gene and wackadoodle. No, we don't want to say that. Randall's the same one here. And Stephen Bassett, you're in <laughs> the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. USA Radio News with John Hunt. President Trump continues to stand behind his controversial tweets. USA's Rick Vincent reports. President Trump is digging in on his strategy of attacking four progressive minority congresswomen. Trump spoke to reporters as he left the White House and says he doesn't care how it affects him politically. I don't know if it's good or bad politically. I don't care. But when people are speaking so badly, when they call our country garbage, when they call our country garbage, I don't care about politics. I don't care if it's good or bad about politics. Many people say it's good. I can tell you this, you can't talk that way about our country. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have actually commented in March that the country has gone so far in the wrong direction that people shouldn't be satisfied with moderate policies that are merely 10% better than garbage. Watch and read the stories you've been hearing on Facebook.com slash USA Radio or on Twitter.com slash USA Radio Network. This is USA Radio News. Texting enrolls you in recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive. You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send one simple text. Frank's right. Just text FORCE to 321321 to get a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text FORCE to 321321. That's F-O-R-C-E to 321321.
The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The Hebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Notice, folks, that I only refer to myself as being crazy. But that raises a bigger question here, Stephen Bassett. We don't believe what our government tells us, or a percentage does. It depends on whether the guy or the gal in the White House is the one you wanted. If not, you don't believe them. Fake news. Forget about it. If somebody there said, you know what, there's something going on. We don't understand what it is. Maybe it's extraterrestrial, whatever. A portion would say, cool. A portion would say, this guy's nuts or this gal is nuts. A portion would ignore it. You get the picture. True. But when you get to a certain level of importance and implications, that is not not really the case anymore. If, if the president of the United States were to come in front of the American people and say, we've just declared war on Iran and we are launching airstrikes, there would be very few people that would say, no, you're not, because you just don't screw around with something that big. And the ET issue is the same. When, when, when a head of state, and it could be the president of the United States, goes in front of the American people and confirms the extraterrestrial presence, accompanied by, in one form or another, could be a side panel, top people in the military intelligence community, who will probably very quickly present some government-held information and, 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 and evidence, like, like the gun camera footage that the TTSAAS brought out, uh, to make the point. I assure you, there won't be many people in the country that will go, oh no, that's fake. And then when numerous other world leaders immediately follow with the same announcement, that's it. So don't, don't worry too much about that. However, the collapse in trust in government, which the current president has played on heavily, the, 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 the trust in government had collapsed long and, and, and distrust of the media was already well underway before the current president took office. He simply exacerbated it and played on it to his advantage. OK, fine. Uh, it's, it's an existential threat to the republic. There's no question. Uh, trust levels get down below a certain point in a democracy, and very bad things are going to happen. We've got right now, of course, <laughs> here's a whole new approach to disclosure. We've got this million-person petition signed saying that they're going to storm Area 51. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a new approach. I, I love it. I, I'll give this person credit. Uh, he, he had some fun, and he tapped into a meme. He did it on Facebook. So the way it was set up, 
nobody had to give their email address. If he had done it in a different way and, pe- and he captured a million email at ad- two million email addresses, this guy would be a force because over one one point four million people said, hey, I'm going to go. And one million said, I'm interested. But of course, they're not going to go. Some people are going to go. And I really encourage them not to do that. But uh, it ended up being a petition, basically, in a fun way. You give people a chance to express the fact that they support knowing the truth about this. They will they will respond in numbers. The virality of the Internet can can jump in, jump at you at any time. It's very hard to predict when it will happen. This guy's hit virality. And so it's a reflection of the level of interest, which is growing all the time, uh, not only in uh, just the UFO subject, but also in disclosure, because Area 51 is about disclosure. So it's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm telling people, and I've, I've, I've already said this numerous times. Do not go to that gate at 3 a.m. in the morning. See, he was just joking. He wasn't thinking about it. I mean, he wasn't going to spend $100,000, $200,000 and put hundreds of porta potties out there. You know, there's, <laughs> there, so, so it's like, and he says 3 a.m. to, five, to uh, 6 a.m. Yeah. Now, that's the worst yeah. time to go. So, I mean, if you're, you really should have said, look, you know, if you do want to go, you know, go around three in the afternoon, bring a barbecue and some, and some ribs. Uh, so hopefully nobody will go at 3 a.m. They may gather outside the gate and have a party and and uh, and, and, and public land and uh, enjoy themselves. I was watching Nap there the other on speaking of YouTube and he he did a little piece and he says he interviewed one of the people out there and they said look you know if we get 30 or 40 cars out here we get a traffic jam I don't know what we do with you know a million no it's not going to happen but there no. is a certain possibility a few hundred will show up. And uh, if they show up at 3 a.m., that's bad. If they show up in the afternoon, that's not so bad. If any of them attempt to violate that, that, that uh, base, that is a mistake. If they try to drive a bunch of cars on, it's going to get worse. It's going to be met with Bradley fighting vehicles. It's going to be met with. So don't do that. I, I, I don't want any violence. And the worst case scenario would be some, some radical types show up and decide they're going to create a, a problem. Right. So you're not you're not in. Okay, so you call yourself an activist. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you you mean political activist. You mean peaceful. You mean by any other means than violence. So you wouldn't be in support of people actually going out and, you know, trying to break into classified bases and stuff like that. No, violent activism doesn't work. I mean, history has shown this over and over again. It doesn't work. Nonviolent is the only way to go. And this movement, which is now 72 years, really, in, in, in a run, a 70 year run, is remarkable in that, to my knowledge, and I'm, I'm prepared to be educated on this, to my knowledge, there's never been a single act of violence by any member of the citizen ET research activist community in 72 years. Okay, yeah, it's, but this is not an issue where you have to uh, walk across bridges and get bitten by police dogs and hose down. I understand that. It's it's a it's a very intellectual, somewhat off to the side kind of issue, but it's massively important. There's been no violence. I don't want to see that record broken, and I certainly don't want to see anybody hurt. So, and, I, and again, when I, I was an anti-war activist, I marched in some anti-war movement uh, stuff, but I did not in any way support the blowing up the RTC buildings or anything like that. And no. and, and, and it didn't work. It's it's so I'm just. Look, the disclosure is a big deal, and as we get closer to disclosure, people are going to get pretty excited and worked up. And there's plenty of built-in long-term frustration and resentment here. So while it's not as ignitable as some of the other issues out there, which we well know about, that doesn't mean it can't get there. And so, again, I'm just telling people, 
Right. Don't go. And if you do enjoy yourself, but don't get, don't, don't create a problem. You know, I want to mention something here, yeah. which we can go into because we're talking about the possibility of disclosure. But to the Stars Academy, the fact that no less than the Washington Post, Politico, the New York Times, mm-hmm. or the failing New York Times, depending on your point of view, and the Amazon Washington Post, either way, they treat the subject seriously. So I'm wondering here, the common vision of disclosure, I think you would agree, Stephen, is someone in authority, a president comes out and reveals all or gives us a basic summary of what's going on and what to expect. But the other way may be, it'll be so gradual. It started years ago when we talked about exoplanets, the possibility of planets way out there in other star systems having the conditions that can harbor life. By the same token, we may wake up all day, all one day, years hence, and we'll know what we need to know. But there will never be that singular event. What do you think? We've had 72 years of gradual, and now it's time to get down to business. Uh, So, no, this is not about more gradual. This is about getting to disclosure itself, and that's exactly what the TTSAAS wants. The two stars, they want disclosure, so do I. Uh, Look, women love foreplay. Uh, Everyone knows that. Ten hours? No. They don't like that. Uh, So, uh, it's time to get down to uh, wrapping this up. And it's not full disclosure or an extensive summary. Disclosure, the the activist movement defines disclosure specifically just to uh, avoid confusion here. Uh, Disclosure is and is only a head of state formally confirming the extraterrestrial presence. Nothing else, right, is disclosure with a capital D. Small d disclosure, hey, happening all the time. Um, And uh, it's happening right now, and it will continue to happen. But until we get capital D disclosure, we're still going to be stuck in the same place, going nowhere and facing potentially significant uh, difficulties. And at my website, by the way, at the print media archive, I think I've got over 400 earmarked articles now that uh, refer to directly the activities of the uh, To the Stars Academy. And uh, the revelations and the interviews and so forth. Over 400 articles that one can go read at their convenience. Let's break here. We'll go into more of this. And another question I'm going to ask Stephen Bassett that might present interesting possibilities with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. This is the last segment, Stephen Bassett, and I mm-hmm. want to ask you something here, 
And you can say, no, possibly you won't have the time. We have a supplementary show called After the Paracast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to record it two hours after we end this one. Would you then have another 30, 40 minutes to spend with us? See, that would be uh, three o'clock. So it turns out here that we're going to make it work. Stephen Bassett's going to be in his car, folks, but we're going to get good audio and we'll talk to him further. Okay, wanted to bring up this, Stephen, in our final segment. We talk so much about what's happening in the United States of America, but you would think here that maybe another country would want to get one up on us and say, we have the information, here's what it is. Why assume it's the United States? Wouldn't there be a race to be first? There may be a race to be first, but all of the major nations have their reasons for not winning that race yet. But I happen to believe that one of the reasons that the To The Stars Academy made the decision ultimately to go ahead and launch in October of 2017, even though the election of the current president had completely thrown all of their plans up in the air and created serious problems for them to proceed in a way I think they wanted to, was that, well, I'll take some credit for this. I've been telling people through my radio interviews for 20 years that Vladimir Putin can do it anytime he wants to. Uh, Xi Jinping can do it anytime he wants to. And take that legacy right out from under us. As it happens, in May the 3rd of 2017, about five months, four months after the election or the inauguration, I, I actually was invited to Moscow to give an a, a, a extensive interview to their, one of their national television networks, REN TV. And in that interview, which is up on the on the Internet, it's not gotten a lot of attention and it hasn't got much play. But that doesn't mean that won't happen in the future. I actually spoke about the prospects of Putin being the disclosure president. I then had meetings with six different groups that were involved with the ET issue, most of which were made up of former Soviet and Russian officials, just to make sure that Putin knew I was there. And then waited to see what happened. And I, nothing really, no problems for me. I actually got the, the interview footage was sent to me. And then Pravda RU wrote several articles all about how there's this activist that wants Putin to be the disclosure president, which confirmed to me that Putin had no problem with being the disclosure president. And I'm quite <laughs> certain that the, the boys over at the Pentagon saw that. They, they knew I was there. They saw the interview. And so that just added a little more fuel to the fire, meaning we can continue to slow roll this thing. But Vladimir can snatch it out from under us at any time. If I'm DOD or if I'm CIA, well, how bad do you think it's going to be for them if Putin is the one that discloses? Vladimir Putin discloses the truth about the ET presence. That would be the truth that the military intelligence complex and our political class has embargoed for, for 72 years. Right. Lying, deception, you know, stonewalling presidents. And finally, the world gets it from Putin. Yeah, well, How? you know, I you make a really good point, but this is like what's so fascinating about having Nick Redfern on our last show is because, and he's done a lot of research too, like government documents and stuff and Freedom of Information Act stuff. He, what he's found is that the Russians and the Americans are using the whole UFO issue as part of their intelligence apparatus to actually get information back and forth between them in a sort of spy versus spy type manner. So they're using it to their yeah. advantage while it's secret. If they uh, out it all, that's, they won't have that anymore. Uh, they'll use anything to advantage, to, to advantage in the intelligence world, anything. And so the fact that they may use this on occasion doesn't shock me. I assure you it's not central to their intelligence operations. In the intelligence world, they know pretty much everything, right? So all the major intelligence operations, Israel, 
China. They know what's going on uh, and they keep it to themselves. There's a really big chance. And from what, you know, this is a pretty reasonable theory that the whole MJ-12 documents thing was created not by some shadowy people in the government or people wanting, you know, in the ufology community, but by the Russians themselves. Well, that's an interesting theory. I haven't read Nick's book, but it's not like we don't know a lot, know, know something about the MJ-12 documents. I would seriously doubt they were done by the Russians, but let me put it this way. Who knows how the Russians have interacted, the Soviets and the Russians have interacted at the intelligence level with this issue. We only have bits and pieces of information from researchers like Paul Stonehill and Nick Redfern and, and, and uh, some others. But, but do we know the, the full picture? Not, not even close. Yeah. You know, what we know, I don't know that we, how do you define no? I think we can safely extrapolate that given what kind of technology the United States has for intelligence gathering, and I mean like their electronic methods and all of their military methods in terms mm-hmm. of observation and right. sensory and everything else. I mean, we've got satellites out beyond the moon that look back at sure. the moon. Yeah. So, I mean, anything coming near the earth, we're going to be able to pick up stuff like this. They're going to know. They have to know. And the same with the Russians. They're going to know, too. Yeah. So we know they know. <laughs> they know we know. Right. But there's yeah. this big space in between where, uh, you know, it, we just can't all go and meet in the middle. But the intelligence community is another world. It's like there's another world down below us, about 50 levels down. And its own universe, in a sense. And that world is comprised of all the intelligence operations, and they have ways to communicate with each other. You raise an interesting possibility here that on a deep intelligence level, the major powers around the world know that just like the U.S. and the Russians can cooperate to some extent on space exploration, this is the one subject they won't touch, which is why it's not Putin wanting to be first because he would have done it already. It is Mm. that... They all know something is going on, and for whatever reason, they have all agreed. And we can't necessarily assume that North Korea and Iran are going to agree. They agreed at that point not to reveal anything until the time is right. Otherwise, I think something would have happened already. I wouldn't characterize it that way. I think that the intelligence communities know about it. I think there may be some communication about it. I don't believe there's a collusion amongst the others. Okay, look. Uh, We're not going to disclose until we all agree down here in the 50th basement level. No, uh, there's a whole political aspect to this as well. And they are the intelligence community. They're they're all about secrecy. And and by and large, it's the head of state that makes those final decisions. I'm not thinking that is the case, but it serves them to keep this under wraps in general until such time as the head of state of their country decides it's time to go forward. And the point I was trying to make is that Putin has no barriers whatsoever. If Vladimir Putin wants to disclose the ET presence and take that legacy, there is nobody in the military intelligence community in Russia that's going to go to him and say, Vlad, you really don't have a need to know. Nobody. But in our country, there are people that have stonewalled the presidents, uh, which is uh, maybe an indication that we're not quite as authoritarian. Okay, fine. But overall, do not be surprised. If disclosure does not come from the U.S., I consider at least 50-50 that it'll be outside the U.S. Stephen Bassett, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the things you do. ParadigmResearchGroup.org or just Google my name, Stephen Bassett with a PH. And, and you know, I, I own that part of Google. So it comes right up. It's good to own that. He's also going to be one of the keynote speakers at the Alien Expo. That's X 
P-O, Expo, see? In Knoxville, Tennessee. And that event's August 17th and 18th. A lot of interesting guests are going to be there. So look at the roster on the site. People you've heard on the Paracast before. And I mentioned that Stephen Bassett will be talking to us from his motor vehicle at a secret location, I'm exaggerating, <clears throat> on After the Paracast, which is also part of your membership, the Paracast Plus. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Also look for two Facebook communities, groups, whatever, for the Paracast, Paracast Fan Club, Paracast Community, and the inscrutable Facebook apparently will not let us merge them without losing content. We also have the Paracast store, by the way, with new branded merchandise, T-shirts and stuff. Go to theparacast.store. And as far as the Paracast Plus is concerned, we offer you a really special package there. We give you the After the Paracast podcast exclusively. We had more discussions, for example, last week with Nick Redfern, not on the main show, and you'll hear from Stephen Bassett, more things from him. We'll be talking about the things that go bump in the night. We also offer a version of this show free of the network ads that people complain about. For more information on how to sign up, go to plus.theparacast.com. Plus.theparacast.com. Prices start at just $1.49. I'll say it. Our price, cheap. Stephen Bassett, thank you for joining us on The Paracast. My, my pleasure. Let's do it again. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>